You're listening to an episode of Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, the podcast dedicated to honest conversations with educators about what they do and, more importantly, who they are. I'm your host, John LeMay, and I'm here to highlight the complex and rich lives led by teachers with diverse interests, identities, and stories. Hello, thanks for joining me. I'm excited that you're here and that you're able to listen to this week's conversation, which features Andrew Niporent, a New Jersey-based music therapist and singer-songwriter who works with Jam and Jen Music Therapy for Children. Andrew and I discuss the work he does as it pertains to using music to reach students with neurological differences, particularly autism. Andrew shares how he uses his own experiences as someone with neurological differences to understand how to best serve the folks he works with. And we talk about the importance of recognizing students' potential and appropriately challenging them to be their best selves and live their fullest lives. Andrew also talks about his new album, Lackawanna Waiting Room, which you can listen to on all streaming platforms. It's a really great and wide-ranging conversation, and Andrew is a really incredible storyteller, so I think you'll enjoy listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Without further ado, I'm going to lead right into my conversation with Andrew. Enjoy! Hey, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks so much, John. So what I'd like you to do is, if you can, go back to what I refer to as the first day of school. Um, Because I tend to have mostly sort of more conventional educators on the podcast, that's usually the first day of teaching, however they might identify that. Um, But for your sake, I'm interested in what you might identify as your first day in the classroom, because I know you spent some time in the classroom, or potentially your first day of full-time sort of what you do now as as a music therapist so i'm curious what what comes to mind for you uh with, with that question yeah you know uh let me uh there's a lot of things i could say a lot of different sure. days <laughs> i could describe but i think actually probably the best one for the purposes uh, of your show and for and for me would probably be uh last august the first time i really officially ran a music therapy group in a school-like setting for my employer, Jam and Jen Music Therapy. It's technically, it was a summer program, um, and they only were going to have me two days. It was going to be two groups each day. So so this was a big deal, and it was like, you know, um, I'd been, you know, I'd been training and trailing for a while. I'd been, uh, and obviously I'd been through school and my practica, I had done different groups with different populations and I've been working with individuals for them for a while um at that point uh, it was August so I'd already been doing six months uh with them so I mean obviously like the whole key to like really you know making my living doing this through them is Mm -hmm. to be able to do these school groups because you know there aren't a lot of children you can see before three o'clock because right, they're in right. school so you know just for the sake i mean if, if this isn't going to be my second job that i do after school hours then i'd better be able to do it in schools yeah um that's that's a big part of it and so i go to this this uh this program and you know i've been told a little bit about it i've spoken to the director there and so i just like you know i fill my car up with all percussion instruments, tambourines, and, mm-hmm. you know, egg shakers, and 
you know, I'm going over in my mind a million times, like, what songs are we going to do, you know, while also recognizing that I could get there and so much could change. You right, know, what activities right. can I do with this song? What is a better or worse? All, the, all of the knowledge that I've been gaining to do this. Then, you know, you have to actually do it, right? Yes. <laughs> and yep. so... It's where um, the rubber hits the road. That's right. And so I do that that first group and I mean I'm, I am a little nervous but like yeah when what really made it for me was focusing on the kids you know focusing yeah. on your clients because that's who you're doing this for and everything you do is about them and I mean what I mean by that is the, the way I play music you know people often ask me what what do music therapists uh <laughs> You know what? What do we what do we play for them? You know, and I, I I think the way I've settled upon explaining is we don't play or do anything musically that is not designed to help the client achieve their therapeutic goals. Right. And so everything it's almost the opposite of performing in a way because like everything you do ought to be in the service of those goals. Yeah. Which means you know after a first session whatever didn't seem to be relevant to that you've got to discard that you know yeah well it, it probably in some sense like takes some of the pressure off because there's probably a question of like well what do i do which is similar to the question you would you know ask in the classroom like what what do i need to do and your question course, response yeah. is well what do they need and i'll right. do whatever that is and then also the other good question is what are they going to do you know yes when you yes. do something what are they going to do back because that yes. makes up you know, a lot of what happens. And it's funny, too, is it's such a, um, you know, with special needs kids, with, you know, autistic, if they're not always, you know, they might be nonverbal or they might just, they might have some words that they don't like to use or they might have behaviors. They don't always respond the way a neurotypical kid does. But I mean, I think I'm sure you could, can relate that sometimes typical kids become solid walls, too. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. Everyone has their days. So you just think about what are you going to do to, you know, engage them? And then how do you respond to what they do as well? And um, that first mm -hmm. group, you know, worked out. It was very positive. And the second one was better because I didn't feel like I was blacking out, <laughs> like, like opening my yes. eyes. Like, oh, you did music <laughs> therapy and it was good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you <Yep. know? laughs> The second time is always better. You get to work out the kinks. Right, the and then it was one. over. <laughs> like, it was an hour. Yeah. What role did that play just in terms of your overall career trajectory? Because it sounds like that happened after you had been doing what you've been doing for a little bit of time. You've sort of settled into this career yes. choice. So I'm curious about what role like that particular day or that particular gig played in the overall trajectory of, of your sure, career. Sure, well, it's still a big deal because I, I'm, I'm – I'm I'm a confident person generally, but I I definitely have like I have like I I have what I would call like a crisis of faith. If like if I haven't done it, <laughs> then I, where's the evidence I can do it? Like although even if yeah. like all everything else points toward well done, you're gonna be able to do it, Andrew. Yeah. Like so yeah, that day was huge because that day proved that I could at my baseline that that. Like, let that be the most uh, unsure I, that I, I'll ever be in a group. That's pretty okay. And if that's the baseline yeah. from which I am to grow, it's very, it was very encouraging, you know, just to know that I could do it. Because 
I'm sure that, that you know this is something that you you hope to instill in you know a student too, right? Like make them believe they can do it, then they'll keep trying to do yeah. it, you know. And I think that's what's yeah. that's what's really interesting, right? That like those of us who are doing these things, you know, we're we're still like students, you know, as we are learning and growing oh, yeah. in this field that is meant to serve students. Yeah, yeah, we're either being reminded by others or we are reminding ourselves in some ways many of the same things that we are telling our right, students. Right, right. And then, you know, maybe we get once we've got a lot of experience under our belts, well then then we start then we start being the ones who are teaching teachers a little bit. And so there's yep. never only one layer here. It's always very, yeah. you know, complex. Yeah. Yeah, I try and communicate to my students Sometimes implicitly and sometimes explicitly, like, guys, at the end of the day, I am just like you. Like, I am fighting the same battles that you are fighting. I have my bad days just like you sure. do. I have my self-esteem issues just like you do. Like, I'm I'm also just fighting for my life in a lot of ways. Like, and I think that's partially because I'm I'm still a pretty young teacher. But I think, you know, I think I'll be saying the same thing like 20 or, or 30 years from now in a lot of ways. Like, I'm I'm right there with you. There's always a new thing. Yeah, it's a process. So speaking of that process, I'm curious about where that where that began for you. I'm curious about the moments or the series of moments that led you to realize that you wanted to become a music therapist and, and sort of work as as an educator um, in, in some way. Yeah, well, absolutely. Way. I mean, really, there's kind of two parallel uh, paths uh, for me with that, which is my mm -hmm. my evolution um, as a lover of music um and uh, a person uh who ha grew because of music and then another mm -hmm. path is somebody who very much uh from an early age uh because of my own differences uh was motivated to try to help uh young people with special needs um and then the point at the yeah. point at which those two things come together so i mean the most important thing is uh, a really great music teacher um i was a student yeah. at uh the forum school which is uh a, um, a school for uh children and adolescents um with special needs um and i uh i loved i loved the music class there because i loved music i was already before i could even play the guitar uh my first sign of musical aptitude was that I memorized lyrics like a fiend. I mean, I, um, I could. My, my my dad would like, you know, bring me over to his friends and tell me like, like, hey, show them how you can sing "Blinded by the Light," you know, and, right. uh, you know, uh, or you know, uh, you know, forgive me, but we didn't start the fire. Um, There's no shame. Oh <laughs> uh, well, so the, some people might, but I I cannot be ashamed. Um. <laughs> um uh, the music teacher at the forum school was Maul Keel, and she was just absolutely wonderful. Um, she would really engage us in our interest in music. Um, we would do all kinds of interesting and fun things. We would sing stuff about our interests. We'd pass the drum, and and uh, if you know, not all the time. I think we probably remember this happening more often than it really did, but. Uh, right. we could, we did what she called stations, which is there were numbers all around the, uh, the music room and of different instruments and everyone took turns rotating around. And one of the stations was the microphone mm. 
and her stash of CDs. Mm-hmm. You so basically you could pick whatever she had, and you could just get up and sing. And she had like a variety of things. I mean, she had. You know, she had like Phil Collins and Bruce Springsteen, and she mm-hmm. had, you know, uh, the turn of the millennium pop stuff that was mm-hmm. happening. And she had, um, and she had uh, the 80s hair metal filled Transformers the movie soundtrack. Um, <laughs> the real hits. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> in who you ask. But, um, and so she really like made us passionate. But the most important thing is she had guitars everywhere, lots mm-hmm. of, and they were like in pretty bad shape. This is the th- sure. funny thing about yeah, them. Yeah, I can picture it. Um, but I one day and we'd come in from out playing outside, um, and I picked up one of the guitars and I just did like a Pete Townsend windmill <laughs> thing because yep. I loved, I already loved music, and I, and I thought to myself at that moment, why am I like pretending? to play the guitar when I could right. like learn to play the guitar and never occurred to me before that I could it was like almost like you know like kids you know 12 13 14 year old kids a big thing I feel like that they they don't often they sometimes have trouble doing is making like a real choice that will define who they are it's like you know it's oh, like yeah. trying out for a a specific sport instead of another one, right? Oh boy, yeah. picking an instrument, you know? Yeah. And I just like, it just came to me like, I could be a guitar player. That's a thing I could be. Mm-hmm. And so I asked uh, Maul if she knew any guitar teachers and she referred me to my first guitar teacher. And, and so, you know, music became a thing that was so important to me. I mean, you know, in high school, I began writing songs and playing at local shows. And I never stopped through college and beyond. Mm-hmm. I host open mic nights. But I definitely did not, maybe for a brief time, I thought I could pay the bills with the old guitar. But <laughs> but mostly, I, I, was, I had a pretty, you know, I had a very pretty realistic notion that, mm-hmm. you know, that was a pipe dream. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. But because of how much... Um, the forum school had given to me, I had an inkling that I'd, it'd be great to make my career out of giving back, out yeah. of helping, helping others. And so, you know, from an early age, like, uh, I mean, I graduated from there at the end of eighth grade when I was 14 and I went to regular uh, district schools and I graduated. Um, I think, yeah, I think as early as 17, I was working as a paraprofessional there. So mm-hmm. I had a very long you know, career as a paraprofessional. It ended last year. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, interspersed with a lot of other stuff. But um, but in those early years when I was, you know, just in, in college, I had very, I had a very little career path. You know, I, I kind of had a vague idea I wanted to do that, but I didn't go to school for education or special ed. Uh, yeah. I studied communications because I also had, you know, my favorite movie is Almost Famous. I thought maybe if, I'm not going to pay the bills playing music. I'll be a rock journalist, you know, yep, maybe. Yep, yeah. And I do, I am aware that there is like an alternate universe where that's who I want. But like that, you know, I, I would not trade the, this life that I am living for that one. Like it's just about, yeah. it's a values thing. I think yeah. maybe it has to do with the way I came up. And maybe if I was totally neurotypical, <laughs> it would have been an easier choice. But right. so... 
I, I got out of college and, you know, uh, pretty quickly I, I didn't want to write for Patch.com after two articles. And yeah. so it's like, what could I do? Well, I know that I want to help kids with special needs. So yeah. let me volunteer at Forum under the music teacher. So yeah. at this point, Maul had um, gone on to a second career as a music therapist. She 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 retired after decades at Forum and and uh, went to NYU to get her master's and became a music therapist. Uh, today, she's my clinical supervisor. Um, I love that. I love it so much. Um, I learned a lot from her for a long time. So uh, at that by that point, the music teacher was Helen Petrosio, who's also wonderful, also someone who had been a music therapist at some point. Um, and so what she was doing wasn't officially music therapy, but it was informed by that. And so we would talk about it a lot. And so I determined at some point during that period that I was going to eventually go back to school for music therapy. And so um, I knew the program at Montclair State and um, I got the name of Dr. Brian uh, Abrams, um, who is the head of the department there. Um, and what's great about him is he was willing to speak to me about music therapy before I even filled out an application to the university. So he, wow. yeah, it was great. So we talked about, you know, what it is and what it's all about. Because, you know, a lot of people are interested in music therapy. But they don't even really know. They just love the idea of it. Like yeah, a lot of people, yeah, yeah. when I tell them about music therapy, they say, oh, that, oh, that, I love that. That's awesome. I say, yeah. oh, are you familiar with the field? You know, and it's, it's like, no, but that just sounds so great. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love music and I like people feeling good or I love the idea yeah. of people feeling good. So right. why don't put it together? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's not, that's not the whole story, but it is a hell of a great place to start from, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, so after, I mean, I sat in on a, he let me sit in on a class and I was in love. And so I applied and I got in. So I'm, I'm curious about this other strain that you were talking about in terms of your own experience as someone with those with those differences. And I think that actually leads sure. really well into my next question, which is, um, what were you like as a student? Yeah, like just your experiences as a student and how that has impacted you and in, in, in your career choice and your career trajectory. Sure. Well, I, I was I was always a good student. I always did well, but uh I definitely, I struggled whenever I really had to study to excel. Mm -hmm. When my own kind of native, um, you know, aptitude was not enough is when I struggled. Whether it was yeah. with, uh, some math, uh, later on I started out good at math and I don't know, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of people like, so many people who are bad <laughs> at math as adults. There was a period yeah. in elementary school where they were like, being, they were they were like on like some kind of math whiz advanced track and I think it's yeah, so yeah. crazy um, but I knew the multiplication um, tables before everyone else I know it's like whoa that's so cool yeah. you know <laughs> um, I mean you know I can still I, I'm still the guy who calculates tick uh, for everybody else right. but uh, <laughs> but um, you know it was math or the piano practicing uh -huh. is like studying or anything where the uh, the papers you write had to be a specific format and my good writing skills were not enough to carry yeah. the thing. Like I always struggled there and needed to 
you know, put a, put extra work in. And if I had not left enough time, that was that was difficult. But mm-hmm. you know, and in, in, I mean, in, in general, I you know, I always did well. I liked learning. Another, I mean, another thing worth mentioning is like I was a good kid. Like I didn't get into, like I didn't do bad things, but I got into trouble a lot anyway because. Mm-hmm. Back then, I mean, you know, the not early '90s, I guess, is what we're saying. Like, you know, like there was just less in general. There was just less understanding of difference, and I would be like in weird. I'd be like, in, I'd be seen like in a weird context, and like weird stuff would happen. I'd be, I, I, you know, it's like, like where I, I walked. I wandered somewhere that I shouldn't have been, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you shouldn't be here. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, you know? I'm just doing my best here. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, when I was, when I was a lot younger, I had, you know, because I'm also bipolar, and, you know, I had, I had meltdowns, and that was, that was rough, you know? Yeah. That was very rough. Now, you mentioned that you had um, this music teacher that really made you feel feel seen as as someone who is navigating life as as someone with those differences and and life as someone who's on the spectrum but did, were there other teachers who also made you feel seen and did you feel you know uh, uh, cared for by by your teachers sure throughout throughout school yeah i mean quite a few of my like classroom teachers in elementary school in fact i mean yeah second through fifth grade i mean you know that that had a lot to do with uh some very uh conscientious placement where with my mom working with the principal so i i can i'll actually put i'd actually put the principal of ridge elementary school too uh you know on a list of people who were in my uh in my corner really yeah so yeah no i mean they all you know were encouraging of me um and then you know everybody at forum was was great honestly i mean I mean, I'll quote, I'll quote the things they said that made me mad back then. But I, I, I see the wisdom <laughs> in it now, you know. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, I, I in college there were some great, there were some great people. Um. You know, high school, I, I because of my path through school, I didn't take, um, the sort of honors or AP uh-huh. courses that, like, under normal circumstances, someone of my achievement level might. Um, so, you know, my memories of those teachers is that they were highly, uh, highly competent, uh, individuals doing the best they can in, a, in sometimes not ideal situations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which captures, yes. In a lot of ways it captures uh, a lot of folks, a lot of folks in education for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, everybody in music therapy, uh, department at Montclair State and, and my guitar instructors i when I, I studied classical guitar for three years and i had three teachers i had a different one each year and i learned a lot from each of them it was you know i was joking around it was like it was like defense against the dark arts you know <laughs> except they, they yeah they, they none of them died though <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 
So I'm, I'm curious about kind of the flip side of that in a sense, just in terms of, you know, I work with a lot of students who have, who have learning differences and, and behavioral differences and, and neuro differences. And I'm, sure. I'm always curious about sort of what it looks like when students don't feel particularly seen by their teachers, like not, not in like the big ways where like a teacher might say like, oh, I don't believe this thing even exists, or I believe that, you know, yeah, no. it's nothing like that, but just like in the sort of smaller ways that I'm guess I'm curious about your own experiences there and how that's informed how you approach your job as a as a music therapist or how it helped you approach your job as a as a paraprofessional sure well uh, um i would i what i would say is it's like when when i get it from teachers it's not different than it's a thing i get from there's all kinds of people in the world that i get it i get it from it's not and it's not different it's it's the um it's a very basic like you know like you're saying it's not like you don't, it's not an overt prejudice or anything. In fact, they probably don't even know. But it's yeah. like, I mean, you know, I pass to a very high degree, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, you, you missed me. You didn't get me, you know. Yeah. Like you saw, like I had a lot of teachers that, you know, when I did the work, I got good grades and good comments and that was it. But like, I, I definitely didn't feel like um, my contributions when I raised my hand were particularly validated or like clarified like if i'm like you know i'd love to if i'm a millimeter off base tell me you know don't don't go don't go okay and 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 move on you (laughs) know like nod and smile you know what i'm saying like that but 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 that's not and so i I got i've gotten that i got that from teachers in my time but i got i think i got the same thing you know from you know some percentage of every category of people i've come into contact with yeah. And you know, I mean, it's it's a shame because I feel like I feel a little lost because it fe- and I I feel like it's a shame because I think you feel that there's a circumstance under which we could get a lot out of a relationship you and I. Yeah. And because you're kind of looking past, you know, someone isn't fitting some maybe even subconscious mold of what you choose to engage with that we're both we're both losing something, you know. I'm not I'm not yeah. even I'm not even doing like a oh, oh that's your loss. It's like no, it's 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 it's, it's my loss too, because because I don't think other than that I don't think anything poorly of this person. Sure. But I also I'm a, I always want to make a deeper connection with everyone. I always I always want to be yeah. like beyond the banalities, you know. And so how it translates to my work is, well, you know, I I want to really. I don't want to do that to anybody. I want to like, I want to check if maybe I am, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, I think, you know, now that I'm working, you know, I'm largely kind of a, an independent contractor, uh, you know, for my employer, but, you know, as a para, when I had coworkers, I always wanted to like, take like, I mean, because the paraprofessional work can be such a grind, but like, and it's, I understood it was, it's hard to rise above, but I was always trying to like go a little beyond with them and it like often didn't work and it's really not like, it's nothing against anybody I've ever worked with. Sure. It's just like, but I just, I, I have this, I feel like I've got this like, I mean, it's like an Aaron Sorkin show problem. <laughs> it's like, it's like I need to exist in a world like the West Wing where you can write yeah. a sentence down on a napkin and it changes parts and minds, you know? Right, <laughs> like, right. You know? <laughs> like, uh... Well, in a lot of ways, it's about encouraging... <laughs> 
people to to take other people seriously, right? Like you're talking about this. The only way that this a connection can exist, the only way that you can have like that meaningful interaction, is if someone takes you seriously. Whether it's your teacher like taking your comment seriously and recognizing that your contribution is something that is worth really responding to and potentially reshaping to make it, you know, to move it that, you know, right. millimeter Absolutely. toward the yeah. center or like an actual connection where someone is actually listening to you and, and takes you seriously as a, as a person, which in a lot of ways is what we do as, as people who are fulfilling the needs of, of young people, whether it's in the classroom or in, in private therapy sessions or, or anything like that. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, I, I, I even, I even strive for this when I host open mic nights, which, you know, um, in, at the Ridgewood coffee company I do for free. I mean, it's really just mm-hmm. something I do for fun. I, my schedule, I work Tuesday through Saturday. So my weekend is Sunday, Monday, and that yeah. I have Monday off and it ends with open mic. Like that's how my weekend ends. Um, and it's great. But like, you know, I, I try to make it feel like everyone who goes to this open mic has some kind of unique connection with me, you know, yeah. and it's not phony. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not false. And if we don't have, I'm not, I'm not, you know, you don't, you don't force something that doesn't exist, but like, sure. it's different now, you know, because uh, I hosted that open mic night when I was a lot younger. Um, and now I do it again. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 31. I'm a little older than mm-hmm. most of the people and most of the people are of you know college ish mm-hmm. age and so i have i'm i'm young enough to still be contemporaneous a lot of the time with them but i'm old enough that i do i'm able to strike that you know supportive older brother thing you know <laughs> yeah um which is big and you know i mean it's it's worth mentioning that i actually i feel more like a like a teacher when I host open mic than any other thing I do actually. Cause it's, a, you know, I feel, I feel, I, I feel like, a, like coaches must feel when they coach high school kids. Like, yeah. cause it's yeah. like, it's so like that it, 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 you have such, you know, you're, especially when you're not that old. Cause like you have these personalities to support and manage and they're doing and saying things that you've, you feel like you only just got smart enough to stop saying and doing yeah. like a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, uh, and with the open mic too, I, I, uh, I feel compelled, especially in the, you know, the age that we're in to make people who feel marginalized feel supported Yeah. because the open mic under me and my co-host Rob's watch is way more diverse than it used to be. Um, and I don't think it's an accident because I think it's because we made a point of making people feel more welcome. Yeah, you have that opportunity. Yeah, that makes sense. That's great. I love it. So I feel like you know I've never I've never run an inclusive classroom, but I feel like I, I feel like that's the closest I've come. Yeah, no, it sounds like that's a, a big part of the work that you do. So I'd love to hear a little bit from you about what you think it looks like when we as educators or we as as people who you know serve others and fill those types of needs what it looks like when we fail our students or when it well when we fail our charges or however you want to you want to think about sure, it um sure. thinking about that in terms of the system as a whole or what yeah. it looks like when we as individual teachers in individual classrooms do that yeah i guess i guess two two things kind of pop right up for me um my, I have memories. Uh, I have memories in high school of like history class, where 
it blows my mind to think back because how different high school and even college and undergrad is. That in mm-hmm. high school, you a kid, one kid sometimes, or maybe a couple, can genuinely derail a class. <laughs> Some, yes. You know? I mean, like, they can just, like, by, like, asking a weird, like, barrage of questions, by, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, like it's, I mean, it's like, it's, it seems bizarre, it's like misbehavior, even though the, these people are nearly adults. And it's yeah. like, um, I just, and I just remember in high school, I believe in US 2, we did not really make it to World War Two. Oh no! Because, because of I don't because of a lot of things I don't know. Like yeah, and yeah. and you know I I I you know I think about this a lot that I have largely self educated myself about like American government and history. You know, largely in response to how things have been over the last few years, but. Like, the fact, like, okay, like, I feel like I educated myself like a person who never went to college educates themselves. Like, yeah. which, yeah. you know, um, and, and I'm like, I'm really not, like, knocking, like, I went to one of the best public high schools in the country, and I'm not saying right. it wasn't, you know, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm saying that it is possible for a yeah. couple of kids to do this. <laughs> like, right. And I think that's, like, that's a problem. And then the other thing... Uh, the other thing is, um, you know, um, just my time spent in special ed schools that uh, paraprofessionals are underpaid and overworked and there is, and it's very tiring work. And I, I ask, are we really always, or as much as we could be, trying to get these kids to realize their fullest possible potential because in my time I, I seen that there are kids who could have done better but there was yeah. just the the year just ran away and yeah. oops they didn't really they didn't become more verbal even though they they could if we made them talk more yeah. you know like and I mean to, to me what, what it's all about it's like like it's the highest level of independence but like you have to work that well, you know, it's learning is hard and work is hard, and it's harder work for these kids than for others. Um, you know, you and I, I mean, even I, you know, because I've always been fully verbal, um, mm-hmm. but like, you know, we don't remember learning to speak. <laughs> you know, we right, just did, right. and we acquisitioned our native tongue, and we speak English, you know, fluently, and that's it. And we learned to read. I don't, I mean, I barely remember learning to read. I remember I read harder and harder stuff as it went on, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. So, like, you know, I don't. It's just like I, you don't. There's, I don't want to see somebody living under complete dependency in a group home if they're able to get a little job where they bag groceries. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't want to see them just bagging groceries if they're capable of working the cash register. And I don't want to see them just working the cash register if they might be able to like learn a trade of some kind. And I don't want to see the kids who if they really put their mind to it could could go to college like anyone else yeah not and 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 that order of things i just said is not meant to imply any sort of hierarchy of sure, achievement sure. but what i'm trying to say is is like if the kid if the kid can do math and you know you know press buttons 
and yeah. behave himself for a few hours. Or he almost can. It just needs more work. Then you yeah. got to work that kid so he can work a cash register. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of identifying like those appropriate challenges and really viewing yeah viewing life as like an opportunity for right for challenge right like i mean like you know right we we know this there are things you know we are both not close to 40 but yeah if we blink our eyes a few times we're gonna end up there right so (laughs) so the point is like we know like that there are some things we we want to achieve before that and Mm -hmm. that some of those things might be hard and are not going to happen automatically and we need to do that you know the thing about there's only there's only a certain degree to which you can explain to a typical kid you need to do this now because it's going to pay off down the line right like so take a take an autistic 14 year old who can speak but is only speaking a little bit like yeah talking is annoying to them it is work but they must talk to engage with the world which means you you have to make them work and there's no way to explain to them that this could be the difference between you being able to you know control your destiny a little more because your parents won't be around forever like so, so i don't i don't always see every kid being really uh, you know. seen in that aspect yeah exactly yeah and it goes back to what you're saying or what you were saying earlier about just being taken seriously about not just being told like oh that's good enough because our expectations are lower but saying like right. okay great what you've been doing is awesome how can we push you further in, in a way that is possible and again appropriate and and is healthy and how can we support the paraprofessional in their endeavor yes. to go the extra mile because i just felt like you know my job was important we did the most important work we directly taught them especially in the lower functioning classrooms there's only a small amount of time that the classroom teacher spends teaching up in the front you know what what what, what the teacher really is is like i mean they're they're like the the squad commander they're the leader you know they they know more than all of us and they're in charge of more but especially in the lower function or more behavioral rooms at say academy 360 we're really doing this the direct one-on-one educating you know in an aba style with most of the kids but and it it's it's hard enough that there's one of almost one of us for every single one of these kids but and yet i have to i can only conclude that we need even more support because yeah like i was supported you know in my work with the kids I worked one-on-one with. But I cared because the entire time I was at 360, I was going for a master's degree or held one. So, like, and I was trying to be a music therapist, a clinician. So I cared, I I cared above my pay grade, Mm. which is a rough thing to say, but it's what it means is that, like, I really wanted to make an impact. And it's, you don't have, you need when you're at work, you need to care and you need to, to yeah. work well with the kid. But you, you know, at the end of the day, I am not responsible for their failure or success in that role. Yeah. And yeah, that perspective is tough. It's Keeping tough. that in perspective is really hard. And I think I understand that, like, I needed to accept that because that is kind of the nature of the beast. 
But at the same time, we're still instruments in their failure or success. So I believe that from the top down, there needs to be more support. Because even if, you know, I'm a little more than just a body, but to some extent, you know, if you're sick, someone fills in for you, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the stakes are the stakes are high and there's a lot that goes into it because the stakes are so high. Exactly. So as as we move into the final stages yeah. here, um I'd love to hear just a little bit about just kind of large takeaways that you've stumbled onto about about this this thing that we do in terms of again teaching, education, um, filling those types of, of needs. Like things that you constantly have to remind yourself or perhaps something that you just as of late are, are telling yourself or reminding yourself about just kind of things that you need to keep in mind that help make this job easier and allow you to more effectively serve the people that you, you need to serve. Yeah. Um, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, I guess that like, you know, I, I think to, to the point that maybe we, you were mentioning earlier, you know, that I'm still learning, you know, that just cause it took me a while to get here doesn't mean I shouldn't, I still need to cut myself some slack. I'm a, I was certified yeah. in this a year ago. I am, I am a young, inexperienced therapist. Like, yeah. I, and I, I, I hold myself to very high standards. I, yeah. um, and I think that's a good thing too, but like, um, to know that like, you know, you know, you need to do this thing to make this better. You try yeah. it. It doesn't quite work out. Yeah. It's just, you know, you got to try it again next week. You know, it's just like, you just can't sweat that. You just have to, you know, and I mean, I'm pretty fortunate too. I got to say like I, um, because, uh, I mean, I work for a very good company. Jam and Jen is great. And they, uh, mm -hmm. and you get a lot of, you get a lot of support and feedback there. I mean, like, you know, not every, not every boss or supervisor will tell you when they noticed that you applied their feedback <laughs> and successfully yeah. and, and they do so I have I, that's a that's a very positive thing yeah no that absolutely makes sense yeah just keeping that in mind and sort of going easy on yourself and reminding yourself that you have time whether it's time in terms of saying like I'm gonna see this kid again and we're gonna be able to do the things that I think we should have done in this session or in this class period Again, we're going to be able to follow up on these yes. things. And I don't have to crush it all into one yes. time period. But also recognizing that you have time as as an educator. You have time as a music therapist. You have time in whatever you're doing. And, and, and you will get better. And it will happen at the pace that it needs to happen at. Because yeah. you, will, you will continue to apply yourself. And you will continue to learn. Because that's where it just comes down to trusting your, your instincts. And kind of bearing in mind that you have like that base level of competence which is what you felt on that first day of teaching right, right with those, like, exactly group sessions. yeah you felt like at the very least i'm competent and that goes a long way yeah well, well do you ever think about like first classes ever and and think oh man would i know now like yeah. i could have oh my god I yes uh, i mean it's a pointless exercise you know yeah yeah because it is <laughs> you literally know what you know now because of what you did when you didn't know as much, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah but, exactly. Like, I think about even, like, my my first client through Jam and Jen, um, they, uh, we, we, I, I, saw, I saw him for a few weeks in a row, and it was my only client at the time, but uh, they, they, uh, 
they ultimately uh, requested. Uh, they decided. Uh, they said he worked better with uh, with a female therapist, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't because of you know. So it wasn't because of any anything I was doing or not doing. It was just that they felt that he needed a woman woman's touch i suppose but i think about like how i like how i worked you know with him and i think man like i i I tightened up so much since then i know (laughs) i know so many more songs since then yeah i know so much better what to do with those songs what activities but it's ultimately yeah you know you can't you can't really think that way because you have yeah you just have to keep on going and and that too though that like you can't sweat that if you the uh the work or clients you lost on your way to getting good you know yeah that's a little bit harder yes oh yeah i can imagine so i'd love to hear a little bit about um sort of how you view like your own experiences uh, like as someone with these these neuro differences and as someone on the spectrum in terms of like you've mentioned to me before that you're conscious of the extent to which like that sort of becomes the story as opposed to just becoming like a part of a part of the story yeah i don't i don't um i used to i used to talk about it a lot more and i i i i I don't as much because i uh because i found that you know it makes a greater impact if you you know you have you have to conserve uh, you have to conserve when and how you speak about that um, for it to have the appropriate impact, especially because, you know, too much, it's too easy for that to be, like, about me, my yeah. journey. It's very, it's a very ego thing, even if it's, you know, put toward a noble uh, end, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. that, all of that is, like, really irrelevant to the work I do I mean, a lot of these kids, they don't, they don't know what they are, you know, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they know that they're them and they, and, and they need particular things, you know? And that and, you're not them. Yeah. And I'm still not them. That, that, that is yeah. also true, you know? Um, <laughs> so I don't, you know, I, I, to me, like the, the real, the real purpose for it is in a situation like this where I feel like. I can um, I can advocate for things that I feel are important, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I think that that's the you know I think it really needs to be if I'm gonna speak about it, it needs to be for others it, for yeah because you know at the end of the day also I'm 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 pretty I'm good you know I pass I mean yeah. people tell me all the time if you hadn't told me I never would have known and yeah and you know I'm I, and I'm not I'm not ashamed of what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it in some ways because I do, I do buy into the idea that if the barriers to living a healthy and independent life are removed, then you are left with a brain that works different from other people's brains, which, which is a different experience and perspective. I, I, there, I, I am known to a lot of people, those who are aware of th- of my difference and those who are not, as someone who knows a hell of a lot about music and is yeah and in the the right uh, environment is very entertaining to hear talk. I know that yeah. that's what people think about me, and I I lean into that. 
I'm proud yeah. of it. And I and I know that I wouldn't be like this quite the same. Sure, absolutely. Man, my conversation with you is making me so sad that this podcast is just an hour <laughs> That's long. Okay, <laughs> it's, man. It's there's good. so much great storytelling here fun. that I just want to continue to delve into. So I, I really appreciate it. Um, so what yeah. I'd like to have you do to end is um, I have this little challenge oh, for yes. you. Oh, yes. Or if you are so uh, so inclined. So what I would like you to do is capture your essence as I guess usually I say capture your essence as a teacher or as an educator. So maybe this works for for the purpose of this. Or you could I could just say capture your essence as a music therapist. Um, essentially, pitch yourself as a yeah. music therapist to the best of your ability in thirty seconds. So whatever comes to mind, I, I'm going to throw thirty seconds on the clock. And uh, if you're ready, sure. I will go ahead and start in three, two, one, go. All right. Uh, the therapeutic relationship is the most important thing. Um, uh, I, I guess if I had to pick a therapeutic modality, I am a, uh, I'm humanistic. However, I, I routinely will use behaviorist, uh, Ten seconds. you know, ideas, um, you know, psychotherapeutic, whatever. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's about empathy and understanding. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> so now what I'm going to have you do, I recognize that this is not an easy thing, oh, by the way. Boy. I talk about it as if it's like, oh my God, this is a piece of cake. But I recognize, even though I haven't done no, it. No, I think, honestly, I think you talk easy. about it like you're like, like, like the challenge it is. I think I'm hearing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's off so your So what mark. I'd like to have you do <laughs> again uh, next is, is, um, try to capture your essence once again as an educator, as a music therapist, but this time do it in 10 seconds. Okay. okay. So I have 10 seconds on the clock, and we'll go ahead and start in three, two, one, go. Therapeutic relationship as a structure for everything else to happen empathy and understanding. Beautiful. Now, what I'd like to have you do is just capture your essence using just one single word relationship that's beautiful that's what it all comes down to thank you very much great awesome all right well thank you so much andrew i really really appreciate it um i i know that you recently um released an album so i want to give you a second to talk about that a little bit and and plug that for for our listeners i got a chance to listen and it's 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 really cool oh yeah man thank you i did uh so it's called uh, it's under my own name, Andrew Neporent, N-I-E-P-O-R-E-N-T, Andrew Neporent. It's called uh, Lackawanna Waiting Room, uh, which is, uh, it's named after the uh, the old Hoboken terminal. Um, and uh, I spent two and a half years working on it. It's a wow. full length. Uh, it's got 14 tracks. Um, and, you know, I'm, uh, for, you know, people who have never heard me, which was probably the bulk of people who are going to be listening to this, um, you know, I'm known as like an indie folk singer songwriter and this album is basically that however it's um a lot more arranged than anything else i've ever done it's got i mean i had a band in college i've been Mm -hmm. you know i've worked with people before but this uh i really crafted this as uh you know an album statement it's got a lot of electric guitar it has string arrangements we worked out for certain of tracks it's got horns there is a, there is one, at least one Jersey Shore soul 
rock song. There is yeah. uh, there are moving ballads. There are uh, there are folk songs that are inspired by traditional folk songs, but are about uh, a dystopian future. There uh, there are love songs. There are guitar solos, organ solos, saxophone solos. There are really enthusiastic backing vocals by my friend Jay Everett, who's been collaborating with me for a very long time. Um, yeah. and I mean, it's really, it, I can only say it was a labor of love. We all yeah. put so much into it, even if it, though it took us a long time. Um, and um, in end, best of all, it's available everywhere now. You can find it on Perfect. Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music or the old school iTunes with downloading. Uh-huh. It's you can find it on YouTube. Just type in my name or Lackawanna Waiting Room because I think it's under various artists because that's what YouTube mm-hmm. does. Um, but it's everywhere. Uh, it's also on my Bandcamp page, crazyworks.bandcamp.com. Um, and yeah, you can hear it any of those places. You can stream awesome. it. You can download it. Uh, and uh, I look forward to everybody getting to hear it yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i'm really appreciate and love the fact that you were able to get it out after uh putting so much much time oh, into thank it you and very as much. i said i listened yeah. to it and i checked it out and i i really dig it a lot so i definitely recommend that folks folks check it out yeah so once again um thank you so much i i as i said i i really appreciate it um I, I know you through through your sister, Gab, who, yes. um, whom I went to college with and was one of That's my right. very, very dear friends and who absolutely um, she's who a good very, one. <laughs> was very important to me throughout my, my college process. And she would always yeah. talk about how um, how much the two of us would get along. And then we you know spoke a little bit before yes. this and I always enjoyed talking with you. So this just totally. reinforced uh, this just reinforces how how right Gab was. So I, I oh, absolutely. Really glad we yeah, man. To talk. Oh, I'm glad, very, very glad we did this. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. All right. Take care, Andrew. Hey, you take care, John. Thank you to Andrew for speaking with me. And once more, be sure to check out Lackawanna Waiting Room wherever you get your music. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This podcast was created and hosted by me, John LeMay. Our associate producer is Emily Moeller. Our cover art is by Katie Cooper. And our theme music is You Need a Visa by Really From. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you'll join me next week for another episode featuring another teacher and another story.